Hello, welcome to episode two of Building Blue Zones podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about recharging the body through nature today. Yeah. So, and the soul. Yeah, and soul. Uh, kind of stemming off what we talked about last week, um, the mental health. This is a lot of it's going to be about mental health. Um, it just so happens that the research we stumbled into through mm-hmm. this week um, and ecotherapy and all the things we're going to dive into really that they, they found a lot of benefits of just being in nature relating to, to mental health. There's a lot of um, science that supports that uh, there's benefits in that. So we're going to dive right in. We looked at a ton of different studies throughout last week and we were finding a very similar pattern for all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to talk briefly on three studies really quickly that were all from three different parts of the world, but they all did pretty much the same thing and found different findings that were all beneficial, not just for physiological health, but also for uh, psychological health. So the first one is a Japanese study. This one was conducted with 48 young males. Uh, they participated in a two-day field research experiment. Uh, in Japan, and so they measured the heart rate variability, uh, which can provide information between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. Uh, So basically, uh, they took these young men, and they did one group forest walking, and then the other group doing urban walking. And so their conclusion uh, was that forest walking versus urban walking could lead to cardiovascular relaxation by facilitating the parasympathetic nervous system and suppressing the sympathetic nervous system. So what does that mean? In a nutshell, uh, your sympathetic nervous system is something that increases while you are in the fight or flight stage, right? So that means that your anxiety is going to be a lot higher. Uh, And so it was interesting to find that when they were in nature, something that is a little bit more spontaneous, you'd think almost that you could be more in a high anxiety state because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Mm. Whereas in an urban setting, you kind of have a controllable there. Um, But they found just the opposite in that uh, the sympathetic nervous system was way down and you were more calm in an environment that was surrounded by nature. Uh, Conversely, in an urban setting, the people were uh, way more high stressed uh, as proven by the heart rate being elevated. So, so parasympathetic is kind of like calm, yeah, kind of neutral state, and then sympathetic was like yeah, like your resting heartbeat, kind of, kind of on edge in a way. Yes. Got yep. It. Yep. And so another study in Finland, uh, and this had to deal with the uh, psychology rather than the physiology. Physiology. There we go. Hard word to say. Physiology. It's a hard word to type as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It took me a couple tries. Yeah, no big deal. But I got it. It It was not. (laughs) Uh, So another study done in Finland basically determined that those who lived in the city experienced significantly lower levels of stress after just 20 minutes in an urban park or woodland area versus those uh, that were being in an urban environment like a uh, like a shopping center or even a, a city center with with some plants around so um, that was another interesting finding but again on the next one we found a Stanford study 
that made a lot of really good points. So they started off the study by giving a good background, saying that over 50% right now of the world's population actually lives in urban areas, and those living in urban areas uh, have a 20% increased risk of anxiety disorders mm. and a 40% increased risk of mood disorder compared to those living in rural areas. And that's kind of what we talked about last week too. A lot of those people also in the urban areas live alone and that leads to also some of those depressed states and stuff like that. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. And so uh, this study involved two groups, again, of people walking for 90 minutes this time, so a very long time. Um, and so one was walking in a high traffic area around Stanford's campus, and then the other one was in a very grassland and forested area, secluded area in uh, Stanford's campus. Uh, and so they found that participants that uh, were walking in the grassland areas basically had a, you hear that cicada? Yeah, let the punch it in the face. <laughs> I would never do that, I would never harm a cicada. A cicada. <laughs> Peter, don't come after me. I don't know if they they care about cicadas. They probably do. <laughs> they probably do. They probably do. Basically, they found that uh, neural activity in the prefrontal cortex, normally active during rumination, decreased among those who walked in nature and did not change for those in an urban setting. So what does this all mean? Well, rumination, for instance, is rapid, repetitive, thought, it focused on negative emotions. Mm. Uh, and so basically they found that because they did brain scans before and after the studies to right. find this stuff, they found that the people that were uh, involved in the woodland walking had significantly lower rumination in their brains, yeah. meaning they didn't have as many negative thoughts um, kind of pounding into their brains, where in an urban setting, it's more high stress. And for some reason, those negative emotions and those repetitive thoughts focusing around those negative emotions remained constant. Well, that kind of makes sense if you think about like how we evolved. Like um, if you think about an, an environment where you feel safe and you feel kind of at home, thinking about those negative thoughts gets you in that, that fight or flight state of mind and right. kind of makes you hyper aware. And it ultimately just, I think it leads to your survival. And it's kind of like, you know, being on edge to protect you from harm's way. Whereas being in that relaxed state, you know, your heart rate's lower. You're not, you're kind of just relaxed. You're in yeah. a state that, you know, you, you're not going to have those negative thoughts because you're in a peaceful mindset. Um, now, that being said, like, if you go into an environment and you have negative thoughts, or you're like, oh, I really don't want to be here. You're probably not going to have the same results. Like, you need to be right. open-minded. Yeah, you have to be open-minded about it, for sure. Um, but I'm also going to dive into the rumination in the next uh, right. study that I found as well. Yeah. Um, but you brought up a good point before we dive into that um, about how all three of those articles tie in together. Like, they were all pretty much the same study of people walking. Right. And they all measured three different things. Mm -hmm. One was on stress. Right. Another one was literally on rumination in the brain. And then the third one was on physiological, like, heartbeats and stuff like that. So yeah. three different things, how they all tied in. 
Right. Um, you brought up a really good point about that that I just wanted to mention. I also thought it was interesting to see that the 20 minutes it resulted in the same effects. Like, 20 minutes is not a long time. 20 versus 90, 90 minutes is yeah, a long 90 time. 90 minutes of walking is a long time. But anyone, I feel like, can get out in nature for, for 20 minutes. Another study by Scientific Reports, published March 27, 2017, found that natural sounds caused listeners' brain functioning to reflect an outward-directed focus of attention, which is kind of the similar similarity to really? what you were talking about earlier. Um, an outward-directed focus of attention is a process that occurs during like wakeful rest periods, like daydreaming, which obviously daydreaming usually is pretty a positive experience. Uh, right. Thinking about you know things, goals, um, you know fantasies, things that you like, like places you want to go, fantasies, stuff like that. It's a very positive mindset, and it's kind of what you were thinking. It's that parasympathetic uh, state. mindset. State. You're, in a, you're right. in a parasympathetic state right. at that point. Because when you're in a sympathetic state, you're not going to be daydreaming. I can no. guarantee you that. No. You're more aware of your surroundings when you're in a sympathetic state. Your pupils actually dilate so you yeah, can that see that hyper-focus. Exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. And that's what causes you to hyper-focus on those negative things. Right. So... Like cars moving, right? Getting mad at traffic. Yeah, I mean, when there's a bunch of stimulus too, and we're going to talk about this on the next podcast about you know technology and stuff and how all that stimulus can lead to that or uh, sympathetic. Sympathetic. Right. You're almost caught in a sympathetic yeah. cycle with. Exactly. I mean, with all of that, you get like little dopamine shots in your head with all of the scrolling through. Right of like every page and, and all of the technology all around you, but it right. never satisfies you and it just keeps you in a sympathetic state. Exactly. Never calm down. Exactly. And I can't wait to dive in and research more about that because nice I know plug, I have, dude. I have, a, I have a problem with it, like for sure. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of people I have most 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 people Especially do. I just, I don't care enough about Instagram. It's not that I care. It's just that it's just... We'll so talk easy. about it next time. Yeah. Artificial sound. So... Sounds like, you know, even sounds that simulate natural sounds, but that aren't natural. Or sounds that simulate, you know, traffic. Uh, things that are man-made, basically. I know natural and man-made is kind of hard to distinguish. But um, sounds that are not mimicking what you're hearing right now. Right. That's that's actually natural. Yeah, we're outside natural. right now. Because we're outside. So the, those sounds caused an inward-directed focus, which re, uh, regularly occurs during a state of anxiety, post-traumatic stress. People like people that have post-traumatic stress often have these these feelings um, and this inward-directed right. focus. And also people that have depression, this is kind of that natural state for them to be in. Um, so that's that. That's what we're talking about. It's the same kind of state. Uh, but you're not talking about an artificial sound of like nature right if it's waves crashing that you're well, hearing if it's through actual, recording that's what i'm saying like if it's um, if it's you're talking about mimicked. artificial sounds like a car horn or something even if it's mimicked like even if it's man-made like so, mimicking so the like natural a, sound oh so even that so like if it's a recording of the ocean yeah like they found that even that even that, that difference help, right a recording of the actual ocean can help, yes. But if it's a man-made... But if it's a fake ocean, your your brain can somehow distinguish that. Out. that. So if it's and that white, was only in a couple cases so that So if I it's saw. white noise, 
If it's white noise... That's not necessarily good, then. Right? It depends what kind of white noise, because white noise could be a recording of nature. And if it's good yeah, enough, yeah, I, think, I think if it's good enough, I think your, your brain, you, you couldn't distinguish, you know? And, and right. you would feel those outward uh, thoughts. But, no, they said even sometimes, even in the really? simulated sounds, yeah. Wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's interesting. So, like, those calming... So, if, like, you I know think that, most of those meditation. are recordings. Right. I think most those of those are, are real. Recordings. Those yeah. are real recordings. Yeah. But even when people walk you through, like, a meditation, I think there's also something... This is anecdotal, but I think right. there is something very calming about another person's voice, whether that's from, you know, feeling that community or whatever. I don't think that is bad. And I don't have any evidence but i'm sure there has been research done about about that about you know listening to someone's voice listening when to someone's to voice meditate when they're like, a like a yoga bringing you through meditation well that's different because it's guidance right it's guidance and it's bringing you to a thought right. or a place mentally so i don't think i don't know if they've done a study on that we could probably I'm sure they have that. we could um, look into it yeah. but even they also determined that even pictures which is kind of contrary to what I just said, but even pictures of natural settings, um, you know, like your favorite spot, a place that you would love to go to, um, of like a natural environment, if you have a picture of that in like your line of sight, that could also bring you to that same outward uh, directed focus. So that why was, do you think that is? I don't know. I, I mean... I think there's just, it brings you to that bring me home type of feeling. Yes. You know, I feel safe in that. And it just brings up positive memories of that place. Exactly, or yeah. it just I think it's just like our kind of, you know, intuitive nature, that, that mindset. I don't know. It's a good question. But I think it's, I think it's just that. Like, it's very nostalgic. Yeah. And so, like, if you were on a vacation as a kid or as an adult, you know, if you weren't able to go on a vacation as a kid and you know you went to a beach or a mountain and even having a picture of like a mountain in the background or, or a beach whatever it may be right in your office even if it's not the same thing or, or at your house um will bring you to that same nostalgic calming nature because it's just that a vacation is calming right it's supposed to be calming and, and people think of it as calming even if some vacations may not be because you have kids and you have a lot of high stress with yeah. all of that stuff. They're supposed to be calming and you just naturally think of it like that. So even a picture of, of that setting of, of nature can bring you back to that calming setting. Yeah, and that brings me to another thought. I don't know if this is research driven or, you know, if there's been any study on this. But I, I would like to, I'd be interested to find this out. If nature or if um, vacation, like what is the percentage of people seeking like a a natural vacation versus like to a city. Oh yeah. And how can ecotherapy, which we're about to get into, kind of bring bring those odds towards uh, towards more natural vacation. Vacationing. Because for me personally, every time I go on vacation, I want to go to a natural setting. I want to go to a park. I want to go to you know, the beach or the mountains or a lake or something like that. I don't want to go to like a city that I've never been to. I don't know why, but that, and maybe 
for people that live out in the you know rural areas they want maybe they want to go to a city I, don't, I just don't know yeah I think that's incredibly interesting like why do we yearn, and I think it's true for a lot of people why do we yearn for that I think it's about I think there's a huge mix though of people that do I it think I there think are. there's some people that aren't even aware that nature is good for you and they've just never even thought of going out in nature yeah but then there's other people that maybe just can't afford to go on those luxurious urban trips and they go camping right and they have a great time and it's very relaxing yeah well we're about to learn from what you know from these from this research and from these tests what kind of new study or new practices have been found right which is ecotherapy i mean that's what we're going to talk about next and um i think ecotherapy is really interesting i feel like we talked about community last time and i do want to talk about how it's beneficial doing this yeah nature experience in community as well oh. like being in a group of people they also found that to be more beneficial than just doing this, you know, na natural experience solo, especially for people that are depressed and have just recently experienced loss and... Um, oh, community for sure. Yeah, like yeah. They, they found that it's more beneficial to do that natural experience with community. others. With mm -hmm. others. Well, that just solidifies the point in our first... Yeah, episode when we talked about, about how isolation yeah. can lead to further depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said though about going out in nature and having like um, not necessarily an outer body experience, but like that time to yourself, being being yeah, having quiet time and having meditation. Like you said today, you did that. Yeah, like you just went to a park for five yeah. minutes. Would it have been as impactful if I would have been there though? Well, that's what I think. What I think is really interesting is like probably not. Honestly, right. I don't. I don't know. I think sometimes we need that time alone. Uh, but how much time is enough? How much time, time is enough time? Well, apparently twenty minutes. That's a <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I'm saying like, I think if you're not even let's say you're not even meditating and you're just walking through nature, I think you are meditating because you're in that natural state that really meditation that's what meditation is trying to put you in and you're kind of yeah. subconsciously not knowing that it's happening but you're you being alone or or with community right. that silence in nature is bringing you to that place whether you're aware of it or not that that's what the research has found yeah so i think it's beneficial both ways but they found these subject groups that you know specifically to like are depressed or grieving grieving they it's good to do it and it's do community. it together yeah yeah to, to do it together in groups that's right. amazing yeah now what about the workplace uh yeah did you say sorry pita yeah <laughs> sorry mosquito um yeah so the workplace. we're gonna have to look into that does pita care about mosquitoes Dude, if they no don't, way. that's messed up because they're supposed to care about everything. So we'll care about everything well, animal related. Well, I think mosquitoes are also like a very exclusive insect because they don't benefit a lot of. I don't yeah, think they I benefit think a lot of other species. Well, all right. I, I don't know if the, <laughs> no. This is what I'm going to say because I don't have any science back. I don't think a lot of species eat mosquitoes. 
but the I think a lot of species maybe eat the larva, but I don't think a lot of species specifically target adult mosquitoes. I don't know if that's true. But uh, spiders, but spiders can eat so many other Do things. they though? I don't know. Do they? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Let's pretend like I know that I've never killed, happened. I know I've killed a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who has okay. So has workplace. Um, yeah. What about the workplace for those who can't be outside all the time? You're kind of suppressing that creative nature and almost adding to that anxiety. Right. And this is not anything against the workplace, but the workplace. how to how to, but how to incorporate that. that. Yeah. Like we said earlier, I mean, these natural sounds, even these pictures, like make your desktop screensaver uh, a place that you love to go or you've been or you just scrolled through wonderful natural pictures and found one you really like yeah. make that your screensaver i i have a screensaver on my phone on my work computer on my personal computer they're all in nature no, i don't know same. why i've done that that was before this dude same here but yeah you know always it just it's i don't know it's i think a lot of people have that stuff though yeah and why is that hmm. yeah we don't know like subconsciously right. that's what's really happening we're seeking that out that's good. What about plants on your desk? Plants for sure. I think there's something about taking care of a plant and it, you know, yeah. it just giving you that little bit of green. I think this is also a good plug for um, people that own businesses. Like if this is known research, you need to design your office in a way that mimics nature and has it's well lit. It's not more all of an gray. open space. It's broken up with some maybe some in office plants. It's more of an open space. Yeah. You give maybe you have like an outdoor community area where they can uh, where people can like eat their lunch or whatever. On lunch breaks. Right. On lunch we, breaks. We have an amphitheater which is really nice actually. Yeah. Um, because it's different plateaued levels of grass. Oh, that's nice. Like which that. is really cool. And then there's like almost like a forested area behind that mm. with some trees. That's uh, sweet. It is actually really cool. Yeah, so. so take that time. Take that time to get out and just, you know, walk around. Uh, Even once a day, dude. Once or twice a day. Just 20 minutes. minutes. Don't stay inside all day. Well, that's what another study found that they were saying that it's really beneficial for two hours to be outside an entire week. But it didn't matter specifically how they broke that time up. Like, it could be for five minutes one day, 30 minutes the next day. Like just two hours, it didn't matter how it was. Yeah, like and that doesn't count. That doesn't count being in the car. No, <laughs> like actually being outside and taking the time to be outside. Right. Ecotherapy. This yes. is kind of what we talked about earlier. But um, do you want to talk about this? I can talk about it. I'll talk about it. You um, got the research on, man. Yeah, I don't, I, know. Do the I don't know that much about it. You so got to teach me. Ecotherapy is. A newer, I, w I don't want to say new because it was like 20 years ago, but it that is relatively new for for these therapies and these for a, yeah a new for medical practices a new thing that's put in medical yeah that's, that's it's pretty, pretty new. new yeah it's pretty new uh, so that it's being used basically what what ecotherapy is it's being used as a technique to reestablish people's relationships with the natural environment and the research benefits of that as like a natural remedy to alleviate stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, so many healthcare researchers and practitioners say that ecotherapy, um, which is a, toy, a, a term coined by the pastoral counselor Howard Kleinbell, which um, he wrote a book 
1996, so that's, you know, like 24 years 20, ago. Yeah, 20 years ago. Um, and how he coined that term, and, and he found how it can have regenerative powers, mm-hmm. improving mood, mood, and easing anxiety, stress, and depression, like I just said. Um, it's used as a, a basically a natural script for depression. Um, and while some may have coined, while he had, you know, coined that term, I mean, it's really just getting back to how we've evolved as humans, right. you know, and how we were in nature. You know, that was the natural thing. It was to not have all of this stimulus and to kind of um, be surrounded by these, this kind of like you were saying earlier, that noise, that just white noise. Um, and how we've recently diverged from that. This is just the therapy of getting back to that state. Right, because we've diverged from from yeah, from the from natural that. environment. Right. Throughout like our evolution. Right. I've been brought up how society has kind of become in the last hundred years is so focused on technology that we have lost a huge sense of being a part of nature, being outdoors, you know. There was a time where we used to do our own shopping. Now we use Amazon. <laughs> yeah. You don't really ever have to leave your house anymore if you don't need to. And we don't think about these how the how these changes are happening so quickly and yeah. what they might you know, how they might affect us. But I think we're seeing it in terms of people's states of mind and de- how depression is like rampant. I forgot the statistic, but it's extremely high in terms in America it's extremely high. Like of how many people, people are depressed? Like one in yeah. four or it's four. something extremely high like that, yeah. And then obviously suicide is extremely high. And I think it's because all of these things that are happening in technology and they're happening so quickly, we don't really understand their negative benefit or negative connotation connotations. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna definitely dive into that next week. Hopefully we find some interesting stuff about it yeah i think i think it's something to be said too about the fact that like doctors are using like actual psychiatrists are using ecotherapy this isn't like this isn't like your run-of-the-mill like you go to this like random place to see like uh some guy that maybe have has a certificate in natural science or something yeah this is like an actual psychiatrist that's using nature MDs, you go yeah. and you use your Went insurance to for more than eight years <laughs> yeah. to get a degree yeah. in psychiatry. And, and they're using this. nature to heal these people mentally. And also that can lead to physical healing too sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Which is really cool. I, I didn't even know about ecotherapy until this week. Right. So, well, everybody's learning right now. That's what we're doing. Everybody's learning. Everybody's learning. So I want to wrap this up into sustainability. It's something I'm super passionate about, and it's a hope, hopefully it's a topic we get to focus on throughout the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there's any research on this uh, that's been conducted, but I believe that widespread knowledge of ecotherapy and its benefits could bring lost value back to the natural environment, like how we've um, you know, kind of diverged and it's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, we don't think that... I wonder if he's in the shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's totally in the shot. <laughs> uh, how we've diverged from um, just the the steady use of the environment and how oh, yeah. we know its benefits and how we 
you know, when, when stuff is being like eradicated and destroyed, but it's not really prevalent in your mind, you, you don't kind of see it. You don't think that it's home, you know? Right. You don't really put that value in it. But I'm hoping that this, this widespread belief that it truly can help us from a mental capacity and body capacity that, you know, it's, it, all of its benefits. So, um, I hope this, that this also leads, I'm, I'm an engineer, so I hope that this also leads to more sustainable development. Like we incorporate these natural things, like I was saying earlier, um, we incorporate these natural things into the workplace, how we design, yeah. you know, uh, commercial space and residential space, um, and, and try to match the natural environment and shift the focus shift the focus from how much can we pack in here to you know how much can we pave how much parking spots can we have all right. that stuff and how can we incorporate you know how do you these see natural that? environment how do you see that going like as an engineer because you're a civil engineer so I you already designed see, this I, stuff. I honestly already see it happening like Depending it's, on the contracts that you guys have, it, yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's hard to say because there is so much development that you know we're paving over and we're cutting down all these trees. So it's obviously not like oh we're benefiting the environment from doing development, but but just trying to minimize. But if you're the minimizing negative the negative, if you can use bioretention and you know all of these ways, these engineering techniques to like accommodate and include nature and instead of having these like amazing architectural buildings like that are that have no green yeah that no or no, no i'm saying like these architectural structures that you know are kind of used as a, a as like a trophy for everyone to look at a spectacle right. why don't we use like a natural spectacle um instead or like at least in these structures incorporate some green and incorporate that natural environment um, and try to save that space a little bit as well. And I also hope that this brings to light not the just destruction, you know, at home around us, but the widespread destruction that's globally. way worse globally. Yeah. I mean, like in these developing countries, there's, I mean, oh, yeah. entire forests are being wiped out. And yeah, I mean, it's on the... People talk about it. It's on the news occasionally, but it's really like it's out of sight, out of mind because people yeah. really don't think it's super beneficial. I don't know for whatever reason. And it can ruin uh, tribal communities yeah. too. Like I was reading something about uh, mangroves getting destroyed in Thailand and how they were saying that that was like a benefit economically to the private owner who owned that company nearby but it was so destructive to the public economy. And what I mean by that is like the people that lived around those areas no longer had the same amount of fishing resources. Right. Because the, yeah, the fish were all gone yeah. because the, the mangroves were destroyed. Now they also didn't have the barrier to tsunamis that they mm. normally had yeah. through the mangroves, which means that if something, a terrible storm comes in, which is it likely, wipes out, to happen in that area. likely to happen, wipes out their community, now we have to pay a ton of money to revitalize that community. And so like, there's something to be said about the public economy and then the private enterprise economy. Well, I think it's the focus too. I mean, like we've been saying, like this divergence from 
from the natural. The focus has been on economic gain. Exactly. Capitalism is focused on yeah. economic gain, yeah. which I'm not saying is a bad thing. No, but it's we, good. But we, we, we need to be get more... that economic gain if we just transition to target, you know, a more sustainable uh, system. Yeah, like that same right. gain can be made without completely monetizing everything and you know being more eco-friendly and be, being not more eco, things. eco-conscious right we'll we'll right. definitely jump into this yeah. subject for, in, in a lot of different ways so the recap the main takeaways um not really even from this episode but from the week that we spent just right. researching this stuff uh number one we can all benefit from a little bit more nature in our lives Mm-hmm. I mean, whether that's going on a walk through a nearby forest or even listening to a calming recording of nature that's not artificial <laughs> in a woodland area, you know, if, if a woodland area or a forest isn't available to you. Because we right. do know that there are people in urban settings that don't have that readily available, you know, especially if they don't have a car. Well, even know. the park, like if you have an, everybody's got a park. Somewhere, whether it's 15 minutes from yeah. you or it's walkable. I mean, there's truly a lot of parks um, out there. And if I mean, you don't have do one, it, you yeah. probably should tell you should get your city on board and, and maybe do a <laughs> yeah. petition or something. Get your that's, city on board yeah. with a park. Yeah, you got to get your city on board. Hey, yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Next, I would say spending more time in nature has literally been proven to help lower stress, depression. Right. And rumination, which again, rumination is the repetitive thoughts of negative emotions that go on in all of our heads all of the time, every day. Um, and that doctors even use nature in their practices. Doctors use nature in their practices for healing the soul and, and the mind and sometimes uh, the body as well. Yeah, and as ecotherapy becomes more mainstream as a useful practice through the medical community, we hope that it brings, you know, more value and more attention to the natural world, uh, which will lead to increased sustainability practices locally and hopefully globally. Yes. That's amazing. All right. Spread the word. Get outside, people. Yes. And we'll see you next time. Hopefully on uh, maybe some technology. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be about yet. We haven't really determined that. It's going to be probably on. It's probably on technology. Social media, maybe. Yep. All right. Peace out. See you guys.